0: Welcome to the Unfuck Your Health podcast, where we get into all things training, nutrition, mindset, and help you unfuck your health. I'm your host, Brevin Jandrew. Let's get into it.
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Roundtable. What's going on, Abigail I'm Brevin? What's up? Hey, everyone. Hope everyone is having a great day, great week so far we got a couple of good topics to talk about today. You know, we got two good questions, and then there's actually a topic that we want to dive a little bit deeper in, which is actually something that we're going to be covering in our Momentum Building Challenge Q&A tonight. Um, so really excited to kind of dive deeper into that probably here and then also tonight as well. But yeah, let's just kind of dive right in, and we'll get started. The first couple of questions, I think, won't take too long, and then we'll spend the rest of the time going through the topic. But talking all about AI and how it's going to take over our lives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what this podcast is really about. Welcome. <laughs> To conspiracy conspiracy theory coaches round table <sighs> abigail's afraid of robots i'm
2: not i'm not even saying anything
1: sorry we'll protect you <laughs> for more context we were just talking about <laughs> some ai stuff that's out in the news and everything else that people are now utilizing which is a little a little frightening but you know that's that's just a whole other story we're still um, smarter than the ai for now <laughs> It's quickly learning, by the way. So yeah, it's not going to take long. <laughs> um, little subtle plug, though. If you have a question, don't go to AI. Ask one of us. Yeah, I've <laughs> asked all a bunch say. of questions
0: since we've been on this Zoom call, and they weren't right, all of them. Yeah, they were pretty good,
1: though. <laughs> Abigail's keeping her mouth shut during this whole time. She's like, not agreeing, not disagreeing. <laughs> She's making the robots happy. <laughs> all right
2: and on to the
0: podcast
1: <laughs> before we down to down my robots in 10 years let's go on to question one so my client katie brought up a question that um i definitely wanted to chat about um, katie asked foam rolling before and or after a workout what are the benefits and the do's and don'ts i know both of you guys absolutely love to get into the training side of things so i'm gonna let one of you guys take this question first
0: I feel like Abigail is just having this big old smirk over there and she really has some comments on it.
2: <laughs> I feel like foam rollers are excellent for a couple of moves in the gym and can be utilized in the gym well. One is foam what roller What a politically RDLs.
0: correct
1: answer. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice way of saying it.
2: <laughs> right? <clears throat> One move, foam roller, Romanian deadlifts. Great move, helps with strengthening stability. Uh foam roller dead bugs, great move. Helps with strength and stability. Supine shoulder flexion, shoulder abduction, warm-up, good stretch, good move helps with mobility, stability. Um, beyond that, I don't see much usage for foam rolling in the gym. Um, now before everyone like jumps on my throat, <laughs> let me explain. Um, there's a lot to be said in the, in the training world for foam rolling. And in fact, the certification that all three of us have taken stresses it highly and almost like forces you to include it in warm up. So if you've worked with a lot of traditional um, coaches and trainers and things like that, you will probably see it in your programming. It's because it's taught in this course and it's not like the most extensive and professional and Amazing course out there, right? So, like, there's a lot more to do with education and continuing in in the barrier of entry into the coaching world. But you're extremely
0: politically correct today. (laughs) She's
2: she's really holding back a lot today,
0: right? (laughs) Right? I'm gonna have to go in.
2: (laughs) That being said, if you do feel like you need to foam roll before and after every workout, or even three or four workouts a week, your body's telling you something. Those muscles don't need strength, uh, lengthening anymore, right? If you feel like you finish a workout and you can't move or walk home or grab your steering wheel and drive on the way home, unless you're smashing out your lats and getting your quads nice and rolled and doing all this stuff, it's not effective. It's not helping you. Your body's saying, Hey, we need a lot more strengthening and intentional lengthening versus just momentarily smashing it out. It's basically like rubber band. You're just kind of pulling the rubber band back and forth and you're not really doing anything effective. Um, so a couple of ways to kind of address things. If you do feel like you need to foam roll before and after your workouts, um, specifically before we'll start there is find a warm out, warm up that will set you up for a good workout and get your body warm without putting yourself into extreme positions that you're not capable, you don't have the capacity to just jump in cold Turkey and get your body rolling with it. Um, not really, That's a bad word to use there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's like, if beforehand you feel like I need to foam roll before I walk on the treadmill, or I need to foam roll before I deadlift or whatever the case may be, that's saying like, Hey, maybe my body's not actually prepped for the move that I'm about to do. Maybe I need to look at how I'm doing it. Maybe I can't deadlift from the ground. Maybe I should elevate it. Maybe I should do kettlebells. Maybe I should do sumo instead. Maybe just switch up whatever move you feel like you need to stretch your body out like a, like a, um, rubber band in order to actually accomplish the move. If you feel like you're moving, um, foam rolling after your workouts, we need to look at your recovery. We need to look at your capacity for the workouts that you are doing. You're probably pushing your body to too many adaptations that it's not used to. And it's not actually being effective at all. Um, if you're feeling like you need to do that, every single workout, that being said, I own two foam rollers. I use them at home maybe once a month. Cause I like to lay on it. It feels good. Um, sometimes it's a nice massage thing. So if you're treating it as that carry on, get some nice acute relief and notice note that it's not doing anything for you.
0: So foam roll for at least 30 minutes before you work out is what I got from that.
2: Yes. And like we said earlier, include your cheekbones and your forehead, each one of your fingers individually, you know,
0: Yeah, I, I agree. My thoughts on foam rolling are, are pretty similar. Um, now I will preface this saying I do foam roll before I go and do anything in the gym, but it's a quick crack my back kind of thing. And then I'm done. It's about 12 seconds. And it's because I think it feels nice. And I like the sound of it, not because it has any actual benefits to it. Um, I did like where you took that though of, I think people misunderstand warm ups in the gym a lot. The best way to warm up in the gym is to do a light version of the activity that you're about to do in there. If you're going to do squats, do some body weight squats. That's going to warm up your body in the way that it needs to be warmed up to do squats under a heavy load. Um, And I also like the point you made of people really, really, really like to rely on stretching. And most of the time, and this is a huge one is like your upper back. It's like, Oh, I sit like this all day long. I'm tired. I, we're always on our phones like this, whatever. And it's like, I need to, how, how can I stretch that? Well, you don't need to stretch that. It's weak. It's been lengthened all day long. So like, let's work on strengthening in those ranges of motion. Let's work on strengthening these muscles and not continually just stretching and pile driving ourselves onto foam.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with both you guys. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to, else to add to that with the foam rolling piece. I I think it all comes back to context and, you know, why are you doing this in the first place? You know, just getting a better understanding of that and realizing it's not doing anything special for the long term. Like Abigail mentioned, this is something more cute and use it if you like it. If not, you don't have to do it. Personally, me, I hate foam rolling, so I hardly ever do it. Um, so, like, I feel like that's something that's totally open to what you want to do. Um, next, let's dive on in. What do you guys want to take the second question?
2: Sure. What should I do if I am at the gym and I need a piece of equipment, but it's being used? Lately, the gyms have been packed, and I feel like I can't get my workouts done.
0: I'll jump in on this one. Um, I think being someone who worked in the gym for so long and still still trains people in the gym, I've seen the cycles come and go of really light summers and really busy Januarys. Um, training clients during that time can sometimes be difficult. Um, I'm going to say the really simple answer here is wait. Let's not overcomplicate it. Ask them, go up to the person. Hey, how many sets do you have left? They need, this is where we have to learn like proper gym etiquette. And I totally understand that there is gym anxiety and sometimes going up to someone in the gym, especially when you're new can be very, very intimidating. And if that's the case, I think one, we try to attack that head on and say, hey, how many sets do you have left? Awesome, thank you. Will you let me know when you're done? Let's talk to them. Let's let's make friends in the gym. I think that's one, Um, I think you just did a live on that the other day on gym anxiety, correct? Yeah. And, w- and one of the things in there, I'm pretty sure that you talked about was making friends, making the gym somewhere where you have friends. I know myself, a lot of my friends have come to the gym just by coming up and talking to them at the gym randomly or by messaging on Instagram. So I think that going up to someone who's saying, Hey, how many sets do you have left? Hey, okay, awesome. Or if you are in a time crunch, Let's pull out the fundamental movement pattern chart and say, hey, I'm going to go do a squat, but the squat rack's taken. Awesome. What else can I do that's going to hit that muscle in a very similar fashion? Can I do a goblet squat? Can I do a leg press? Can I do a hack squat? Can I do a pendulum squat? Can I do a lunge or whatever? And like, let's pivot and go do something else. Um, But I think that a lot of people, especially people that have been going to the gym for a long time, kind of view January as like, oh my gosh, so many people are coming to the gym. Like. Everyone deserves to take up space in the gym. Everyone is allowed to be in there. Everyone, you started there at 1.2. So like, just be kind to those new people. They're really probably uncomfortable and they're trying to do something new. They're trying to finally take care of themselves and get somewhere and make a change that you're you're currently making. Like, those are our people. So take care of them. Be nice to them. If you see someone just aimlessly walking around the gym, like I guarantee if you go up to me like, hey, can I help you? Like, you're gonna make that person's day because they're probably scared as hell to go up to you and be like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing in here. Can you help me out? So, like, yeah. just be people, just talk, just have fun. Like, and, and worst case, go find someone to go to the gym with. It's a lot less scary to go up and approach someone if you bring a friend. Those yeah. are kind of my a, thoughts on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you covered a lot there. So, I mean, like, I think really the only thing I would add on to that is like, if you are also like, you know, if your piece of equipment is being used that you were looking for, um, you know, I'm not saying that exercise order isn't important because it is important. But in, in another way I look at this is was, and maybe not like your big lift, like, you know, I'm thinking of more like a powerlifting sense like me right now. Like, you know, like if I'm going to do like it's deadlift day and I'm going to be doing a deadlift. I probably don't want to do all my accessories first and wear myself out before I could do my heavy deadlift. But for the general person, like if you're doing, you know, maybe like, maybe you get your first big lift out of the w- way that day. And then you have all these like smaller accessories, like a tricep, a bicep movement, a back movement, whatever it may be. Well, then maybe you, it's okay to mix those up a little bit if you have to. Maybe not every day but maybe this day, you know, you normally use the, I don't know, like the, the, the the chest press machine normally, and that's being used. Okay. Well, how about you go do your triceps first? And then, and then maybe it's done by the time you're done with that. So then you go back and use that. Or, you know, maybe this is something where, you know, I know a lot of people rely on machines. This is where I would also encourage you to maybe, and and I can get this a little bit, this might be something more advanced if somebody's maybe not brand new to the gym and already a little uncomfortable. Like, you know, a lot of people like using the machines when they first get started because it's just something that's a little more easier and comfortable to get, get to know easier. But I would also encourage you to like, if you're using like, let's say like the bicep curl machine or something like that and it's being used, this is a great time to maybe go try some free weights. Uh, I do bundles. want to throw
0: a, uh, throw a point in there real quick. Um, Just cause it reminded me of something. So I currently have a client that I work with a couple of times a week. We work together four times a week because he was someone that did not want to go to the gym by himself. He was terrified of going to the gym by himself, but he was he really, really wanted to make progress. So I think I made it a point to like, we're going to be in the gym and we're going to do the stuff, but like maybe we don't have to do it right in the middle of everyone else. So like we go find like our little area of the gym and we try to do most things around there. So I think having someone, um, having that accountability or having someone help you out with these things, um, I, I make it a point when I program for him to like, let's try to be able to do these things. We're going to venture out there every every little bit just so that you can get comfortable doing it. But I'm not just going to throw you in there and be like, hey, go stand in the middle of everyone and feel really uncomfortable because that's not how I'm going to get him to come back and want to do this and make this a lifestyle. Like, let's get comfortable in there and let's go from there. Let's take little steps that way. Like we always talk about with that loss, small steps in the right direction every day.
1: Yeah. And I think just to kind of close out that was like what I was saying is like, you know, trying different things. Like Maybe it's, you know, maybe you try the dumbbells, maybe you use the bands, maybe you try using kettlebell for a a movement. Maybe it's try, you know, sometimes there's different machines that do do similar things. Um, You know, there's there's different variations. And so I think I would really just challenge you to try to push outside of that comfort zone a little bit. And this is where having a coach can be super helpful, because if you're like, man, every time I go in there, Chase, this one machine is always being used. Cool. Well, you can use that machine if it's available, but if not, here's one or two alternatives that you could try that you could find either another piece of equipment or a dumbbell or kettlebell bands, whatever it could be. That way you have all the options you need to know that you can, that nothing's going to hold you back from doing that movement. Abigail, anything to add to that?
2: I'm going to add that this question made me really happy to know that gyms are full right now. Um, yeah. that, that excites me as a coach and someone who prioritizes health and fitness. And I hope that excites you as a, as a gym goer, um, <clears throat> to see that people are getting in the doors and don't criticize them being the person like, Oh, people fall off. You know, no one follows through with new year's resolutions. Be the person who makes them want to stay with it. Um, like Brevin touched on a lot of that, reach out, make friends, smile, smile goes a long way in a gym, a long way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like just being a person, be like. Hey, how how are you? you, I see you're new in here. What's your name? Like that shit goes so far with people. It's
2: awesome. I fist bumped someone the first day I went into a CrossFit gym and I was shitting my pants and that fist bump like meant the world to me. I I probably stayed with that gym because that fist bump.
0: Or I'll give you the number one key to make a best friend in the gym. Hey man, I said, look strong.
2: Yes. They'll be like,
0: (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) That makes makes my tingle inside a little bit. (laughs) Um, And and then,
2: sorry. go. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to add on to Chase's where he said, um, talk to your coach about this. There's kind of some fundamental movements that all of you guys will see in your programming, especially if it's a basic general, um, programming, you're going to see push, pull, lunge, squat, hinge, carry, hold. That's literally all of your movements come down to those. And, um, I know I, as a coach have a running like encyclopedia of movements that are subcategorized into those sections. And if you, as a client come to me and say, like Chase said, like this machine's always used, um, lat pull down, whatever I can give you five different versions of a pull, and they might be horizontal, they might be different planes. It could be a different movement, but you're still getting a pull in. If that machine, if there's like a line out the door and you're not going to get to it. So, um, reach out to your coach and say, Hey, give me like three alternative options for some sort of pull that I see. I have a pull movement. And if I can't get to that, what can I do instead?
0: Yeah, And And I think those are great for like low barrier of entry exercises, like dumbbells where you you can take that and go somewhere else where not everyone is, but do things like, um, not, not machines where you have to sit there and wait for that one specific machine.
1: Yeah. And and two other things I would add on to that is, is one also like going back to like having patience and waiting. Honestly, most of you all who are listening to this could probably use a little bit longer rest period than you're expecting you know, maybe you just finished up 30 seconds ago and you're ready to hit that next piece of equipment. How about wait? You can wait for one, two minutes, three minutes, even like it's okay. Um, I think that's one thing that some people also have concerns about. Is like, oh, I'm waiting too long. I'm going to mess things up. It's totally okay. So I think that's another thing. It's just another great way to like make you take a little bit longer rest period um, that you probably need. Um, and also this is kind of my, this is I'm going to expect to go this way as well. But If you're never feeling like you have to take rest breaks, like you can just really go from exercise to exercise, not saying this is like a blanket statement, but you may not be pushing yourself hard enough in the gym. You're definitely not. If if you're not feeling, if you feel like you can do your entire workout without taking any rest breaks, probably not push yourself hard enough. So that's just one thing I would encourage you to look at as well. And I wanted to also kind of tag on something Abigail mentioned about, you know, making the friend and say, you know, and, and encouraging people to be there. You know, make make that friend, and almost like form like an accountability kind of with between each other. Like you have no idea, like when I first started my journey, and I had an accountability partner that you know we started a challenge together. If one of us didn't see each other at the gym, we would text each other, "Hey, where are you at? Everything okay?" And there would be that day where it's like, "Damn." (laughs) <laughs> I really didn't want to go today but okay I'm I'm coming I'm coming like you sometimes it ne- you need that little bit of extra oomph and accountability from somebody else and that could be what, what helps that person continue their journey but lastly I think you know I think we covered that question a good bit but last we have like a topic that we want to kind of dive into that's I think that, you know, this, we're planning on kind of talking about this the rest of the podcast because it, it can go in many, many different directions. And this is something that's come up in the momentum building challenge recently, and even just in the Facebook groups and everywhere else. And we're going to, I'm not sure exactly what direction we're going to take taking this like right away, but um, I feel like there's a lot to say about it, but it's the topic of overcomplicating your nutrition and your meals, or as Brevin likes to say a lot of times missing the forest for the trees um, and just, thinking way too much into this. And I think that, you know, when you look at this, a lot of times people are thinking things have to be complex. And I, I just want to start out with like the meals section. I think that that's something that a lot of people always overthink. And I was actually having a conversation with somebody on Facebook the other day, yesterday about how she was like, you know, I, I hate cooking. And I'm like, well, why do you hate cooking? And she was like, and she's like, well, I just don't have it all the time. And it, it just take a lot. It takes a lot out of me. And I was like, well, why, why are you making things complex? It's just like, well, I grew up with, you know, my, my family always made really complex meals. Like that was just kind of like everything they always did was making something, you know, a big meal every, every evening. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be that. It, it can literally be the most simple meals that you can have. And, you know, rather than like having to do like meal prepping or cooking entire meals, have some protein sources, have some carb sources ready to go in the fridge. That way you just heat them up. Take that half hour, hour, once a week, twice a week, three times a week, whatever, how often you want to do it and prep some things to have ready for you that we can just heat it up and have ready to go. Don't overcomplicate this more than it has to be. Remember not every single meal has to be fit for Gordon and Ramsey, right? Like it can be a simple meal that just it has the basics. You have a protein source, you have a carb source, have a little seasoning, flavor, sauce, whatever it may be on it. And a vegetable or a fruit doesn't have a color with it and micronutrients, and that's a meal. Don't overcomplicate this. But I know this is kind of scratch the surface. That's where I want to touch on first. Either of you guys want to take this one from here.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll dive into this. Um, I think this goes a lot deeper than just overcomplicating nutrition and meals I think it comes down to over complicating every single thing about training nutrition I think it really comes down to unfortunately there's a major major disconnect between the general public and even really basic training nutrition mindset topics which it, it comes down to education which which sucks it's a whole nother discussion that I'm sure we would love to have um But there's just such a major disconnect in this thing. And um, even in the momentum building challenge, talking about things like what rice is going to be best for me. And, and that's not, we're asking the wrong questions. And I think that's really what it comes down to. We're asking questions like, what do I need to eat? When do I need to eat? How do I need to eat? What do I need to cook? What workouts do I need to do? What time do I need to do the workout? Like what supplements do I need to take? Like, yes, those are all important questions in their own sense. They have their time and place. But you're asking these questions when you're struggling with binge eating, emotional eating, consistency, self-sabotage, like let's focus on the big pillars first, and then we can get into stuff, that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I really think it really comes down to to missing the, the right questions. So I think you just have to look at yourself and, and ask, am I asking the right questions? Am I looking at the big picture stuff? Um, a lot of us focus on, and, and a lot of stuff you see on social media, focus on the really, really small, minute details of things rather than the big pictures, which most of us need. So if we can focus on those things, we're going to move the big rocks. That's where we're going to make the most amount of our progress is, is in those big rocks is in those big pillar things. But we focus on the tiny little pebbles that are filling the cracks there and then wonder why we're struggling on our fitness journey. I have a lot more. We can go into this. I want to hear from Abigail too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll kind of touch on what both of you guys have already <clears throat> talked about Brevin. I think um, spot on with the, the zoom out lens. Um, I have a bunch of clients asking me questions about supplements. Should I have protein before, after my workout? Um, how late should I eat at night? Kind of these detailed questions. And I say, Hey, when's the last week, seven days in a row that you went to bed, woke up around the same time each night and morning and got seven, eight hours of sleep. Right. When's the last two weeks that you went straight with no binging? When's the last time, you had a full week, 10 days, two weeks of, um, consistently seven to 8,000 steps and outdoor time in nature, sun, fun, movement, relaxation, stress, release, things like that. If we're not looking at those huge pillars, um, I saw someone on Instagram this week said it's like tripping over hundred dollar bills to try and grab a quarter in the distance. Right. Good
0: analogy. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember
2: who it was. It was good. Um, so I understand, and we kind of touched on this this week, Chase and I are talking about how doing more or like doing like getting extreme on both ends of spectrums is not helpful for, um, this process, but it's so easy to go in that direction because it feels like we're doing something really effective. It gives us this feeling of like, I get to check this box. I did something really hard. I did something that's uh that, you know, the health people promote and, um, I'm on track. It like gives us that feeling of we're making choices that, um, can contribute to our health and specifically fat loss. But the stuff that you don't see on Instagram, the really unsexy stuff is what you actually need to be focusing on. I don't post my sleep every day on Instagram, but <laughs> it's something I'm really proud of. Like <laughs> that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest cornerstones of I'm my health. such a and good like- sleeper. <laughs> right. Like it's such a weird thing to like celebrate. Like, hey, I went two weeks with over eight hours. Um, like PR there, but but sleep that's <laughs> PR. <laughs> but that's like one of the literally the number one best thing you can do for your health and fitness is sleep, walk, and drink water. Like how are people ask supposed- the
0: questions of what do <laughs> what specifically do I need to eat and when, like if I eat past 8 p.m., but they're getting four hours of sleep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So zooming out and and looking at the big picture, and I know it's maddening, and I know that's that's not the answer that y'all want to hear from us. Like I get that, I understand that deeply, um, but it is unfortunately where we have to start. And beyond that, you are overcomplicating it sometimes i see in a need because you guys don't want to address those things right it's easier to hyper focus Mm -hmm. on something that you can immediately control and set a timer for and get this you know nail this down and that other stuff is harder to control because it means a lot of uncomfortable changes to your routine and to your habits Um, but that's what we need to look at and then as far as chase was talking about overcomplicating complicating meals specifically um outsource 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 your best friend get your meals delivered. Instacart, grocery pickup. Most stores have grocery pickup. Use butcher box, um, thrive market, all these online, um, sources to get groceries. So you're not in a grocery store all the time. I know if, if I go into a grocery store, I come out with like at least 17 things I don't need. Um, <laughs> and I'm a like $20 oh, bill
1: becomes a $300 grocery bill, is that what yes! you're
2: saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, what if I go online, I have my meals plan, I have my recipes, my menus, check 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 and I only get what I need for that meal prep week. Um the same with pre prepped like proteins and veggies and fruits. Get them all. There is nothing wrong with frozen chicken breasts, with frozen chicken patties, with frozen vegetables, with frozen fruit. Like if you find yourself always being that person who buys the box of spring mix, like monthly, and you're like, I'm gonna eat it this week. This is the time that I'm gonna have a full week of salads, and you're throwing out like limp noodle greens. I can't tell you your-
0: how many packages of leafy greens I've thrown out. I was like, right. I'm gonna buy them every time I go, right? I eat them. Yep.
2: yep. Yep. You're not that person yet. Okay. So stop, just stop, get the frozen greens and start incorporating veggies that way. Um, and then get crazy. I think Brevin spoke to this this week, but get crazy with seasoning and sauces. You don't need to have like a whole big sandwich or I am so against Pinterest recipes for myself. And that's coming as someone who was a chef for 15 years. Like I can cook, I can throw down. And I look at some of those recipes let's find out. (laughs) (laughs) And they genuinely stress me out. I don't want to do that for every meal. Like my my meals are not picture worthy, not Instagram worthy. It's literally just protein thrown in with usually rice and potatoes and a vegetable in some form or fashion of that and French fries. Keep it that's
0: simple, it. stupid.
2: Yep, that's right. <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss. Um, so outsource, like you don't have to be cooking up, you know, fresh steaks every night and chicken breast in different ways and crumb coating everything and like doing all this intense stuff. I, you can throw out three bags of the freezer every single night, microwave it in 10 minutes and have a full meal and you're good to go.
0: Yeah. I made a post on that, that point exactly yesterday is like, if you, if you hate cooking and that's your barrier of entry, like get your meals delivered or make meal prepping. I hate cooking. Like I make it the most simple it possibly can a protein, a carb, a fat done. It's easy. It tastes good. I mean, it's fine.
1: You look in our fridge. We have, we have cooked up ground hamburger and we have chicken breasts and rice and, we, and have, we have potatoes and we have frozen veggies and canned veggies that we so, can make when we make our meals.
0: So like, I wrote down three points that you talked about that I wanted to go over here. Um, number one being, it's not, it should be hard, right? That That's what everyone makes it seem like. Like the magazines, the TikToks, the Instagram posts, like it should be hard. You should be grinding. If you're not grinding, it's not easy enough. And our friend, Jared Hamilton, shout out Jared, has a fantastic quote on this. Like this process should be as easy as brushing your teeth. It, it should be just simple, easy, something you do every day, part of your boring. life. Make it super boring. That's how you're going to have success. It's when you try to do these fancy ass diets and all this kind of stuff that it gets really complicated. Or when you try to do these Pinterest meal preps, Um, if you're a Pinterest meal prepper, you're going to struggle. I'm sorry. 99% of people do not have the time to sit there every single day and make these really fancy meals. Now, I always encourage people like, Hey, try something new once a week. Go do that. Go, go make that meal and enjoy it. But like the majority of the time, if you really want to have long-term success, Make it easy. It's not going to be sexy. And that's okay.
2: I also want to add in there. There's a lot of people who will contest that point that we just made where we have the ground Turkey and the ground and the chicken and stuff in our fridge. And they're like, well, I want variety. And that's where my input is with the frozen stuff. If it's frozen, it'll stay for a long time. You can get a bunch of weird stuff in your freezer and just pull it out as needed. And then you have variety. Well, the way I, I mean,
0: always teach clients to, to do it is like every time you go to the store or get groceries delivered, pick two or three protein sources, two or three carb sources, switch those up every week. If you really want to, then you're having different meals. And during those weeks with your two to three carbon protein sources, mix and match, add different sauces, do different things with it. And you have multiple different meals that are very different. You don't need yeah, more variety I, than that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to, that's why I keep so many variety of like I mean, I have different barbecue sauces. I have like a chicken dipping sauce. I have that I'll mix with stuff. I have, um, you know, you can use hot sauce, ketchup. Um, we don't have any right now, but I love sometimes like having like soy sauce or sometimes I get like the frozen bag of veggies that has like the Asian blend to it that already has like the seasoning and a little bit of sauce to it. Or liquid aminos. <laughs> Abigail's snarling off her nose right now on us. Um, but find something that you like, that you enjoy. And you can change it up you don't have to get bored if you're getting bored it's because you're either setting your expectations that you need to have the five-star meal every single meal or maybe you're just not trying to swap up the right things like that's why i'm not a big huge fan of like meal prepping and making like the same meal 10 times like sure you can have it stocked in your fridge and i used to do that i used to have my entire fridge stocked with like three types of meals would last me for an entire week. And there was those exact same three things for an entire week. And I was sick of it. And so that's when I realized, hey, I can make up chicken breasts. And maybe this week, I'm going to make it with lemon pepper seasoning. Maybe next week, I'm going to make it with buffalo seasoning. Next next week, I'm going to make it with just like a garlic and onion powder. whatever it may be, like find something that's going to work best for you. And then mix it up with the different sauces and the seasonings and different flavors and, and different carb sources and fat sources. Textures and all those other different things it makes it super, super simple.
0: Point number two, which is, we kind of already talked about is if your barrier of entry is, well, I can't have, um, I don't have time to make these veggies and cut them up and cook them. Frozen veggies are fine. Lower the barrier of entry for success and make winning really easy. Is it, if it's frozen chicken breast, frozen food, whatever, that's still better than be like, oh, well, I don't have anything. Cause I couldn't get frozen food because frozen foods unhealthy. I'm going to go get McDonald's. Okay, (laughs) let's let's put that in a little bit of perspective here. Let's take a step back. Um, Point number three that I had that um, Abigail kind of talked about was, um, if you're doing all these things, and you're trying to make things way more complicated, but you're constantly falling off. That's what's holding you back is the constant stop, start, stop, start. But if you just start really easy, start slow. Again, we talked about this multiple times. Is like just lower the barrier of entry for success, make winning easy, and just continue to move in the right direction every day, even if it's small steps. That's how you're going to have success and not continue to struggle. But when you take try to take those giant leaps and try to do all of these things at once, that's when you fall off and it's hard.
1: Yeah, I was actually just I had a conversation with um with a client this morning. Actually, she messaged me right before we record the podcast. Um, and she does a lot of um traveling for her job and such and she has to and she like travels for extended periods of time and she i cooked a lot of like chicken breasts like to take with her and she where she travels to sometimes it does not have like great access to a lot of different foods and varieties and things like that so um she she cooked all those chicken breasts and then she's like i just in the hustle bustle, get back from vacation going back to work she forgot it at home and she was just like now i'm just like worried about what 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 can i do now like what options are available and i'm like you it's just like i don't have much time to cook it i, I prepped all this stuff ahead of time so i don't have to worry about cooking while i'm at work and and now this, i'm like all right great here's a couple of different options one either find some chicken that you can cook easily you know in the air fryer oven cube it up and cook it and scale it um air fryers maybe, are a hack yes um a pork loin that's like the pre-marinated kind literally just throw it in the oven and you can set a timer for like like an hour and it's done um while you're doing other things um it could be as simple as just ground hamburger ground turkey whatever that is quick seasonings in the, in a skillet. Um, or I was like, if all this fails, get some like pre, um, pre-cooked stuff that you can just like, just heat up. Um, I was like, and you know, she mentioned something along the lines of, I can't remember exactly what she said, but basically like, you know, I, I worry, you know, I have this plan in mind, but then I get to the grocery store and then that stuff's not available. And then I'm just like tempted just to say, you know, kind of F it and go with like the other foods, like junk food, unhealthy, unhealthy options. And I was like, you know, I want to challenge I thinking a little bit And think about it more like All right If that thing's not available There's a difference between Quote unquote junk food Versus maybe the less optimal option Just because you're What you were hoping for Isn't at the store Let's choose What is going to be best for me Given my certain circumstances And, and situation Don't shoot and choose, yourself in the foot Exactly Choose that option Don't overthink it And try to find Whatever's going to work best for you And again like You know we We say like when she's traveling out and doing these things for work, maybe that's not when you're going to have the best nutrition that you probably could at home. That's okay. We're not shooting for optimal. What is practical for you in that given situation?
0: Um, One thing I want to add to that, um, which we've all kind of touched on a little bit, but being really boring in your meal prep and making it really, really simple, not only is going to save you time, it's going to save you thought it's going to save you energy It also allows you a lot more flexibility in your life to incorporate things in your in your diet that you really enjoy. So I'm able to go out and enjoy a meal with my girlfriend because most of my meals are super boring and simple and and structured with a protein, a carb and a fat. And I'm hitting my goals 80, 90 percent of the time. So I have more flexibility and I have more room in my diet to go have some of that other stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Also,
0: speaking of, um, I was kind of talking to you about this when I got home today, kind of talking about making things more complicated, missing the forest for the trees, that kind of thing. I was talking to someone and they told me that they're doing a low carb, um, no sugar approach. um, And then told me, well, you know, you know, carrots have sugar in them, right? Um, Yeah. Your face says it all. I was like, Okay. (laughs) Okay. You know, fruit has sugar in it too, right? Well, yeah, but I'm not going to eat all the fruit because some of it's bad. So you're telling me, let's take a step back from this. You're telling me that the way that you're going to have success is you're not going to eat carrots and you're not going to eat some fruits. Can you, can we really say that logically that makes sense? Like, that's that's where we get into, like, there's such that disconnect between the general public and basic nutrition information. And we want these sexy things like keto sexy. It's, it's like, oh, cool. I, I'm doing something. It's got a name to it. And when you don't do something with a name to it, it's like, this is really not sexy. This is really boring. But that's the stuff that works. That's where we overcomplicate so many things. If you take anything from this podcast, carrots are okay to eat. Fruit's okay to eat, even <laughs> if it has sugar in it. I promise that is not the reason that you're struggling. I just ate a banana before this. That's not why I'm struggling. <laughs> there are a lot of other things that are going to cause me to struggle besides carrots and fruit. My rant's over. Sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um no, I, it, it's a perfect point. I think, I think you brought up a very good point where people are worried about way too much of the little tiny things that make no difference at all. Like it's the stupidest, most simplest stuff. And I, I always crack up, you know, I, I, I love like going to, you know, this is something that always kind of cracks up and, and actually, you know, I'm kind of like speaking for like a coach's like a day in the life of a coach kind of thing, thinking, and Brev and I have laughed about this before, you know, we've, you go and look at like any well-known fitness professional or coach that has a very large following. And again, not something like followings mean that much or anything like that. But you go to these people who have done very well with their coaching businesses. And what are they talking about? The basics. Like literally everything that you think, oh, that's boring. Oh, that doesn't matter. That's just so small. It's just little tiny things you think aren't that important that are what's going to really move the needle forward. And if you are listening
0: to this and you are struggling to lose weight and make progress and it comes down to you're eating too many carrots and too much fruit, I will coach you for free forever because I promise you that's not it.
1: (laughs) I think that's uh, all we have
0: today. I think we we talked enough. We ranted enough.
1: I think so. Anything else, Abigail, you want to add?
2: Just I I kind of put this in the Facebook group this week, but I think... Sorry, my dog's. <laughs>
1: Rupert says hi. <laughs>
2: um, in the past,
1: it's all right. <laughs> he just said hi. He has a point. He wanted to make. He he he's trying to argue for those who are saying carrots are bad for us. Mm-hmm.
2: Sorry. Okay. Um. Especially in the past couple of weeks, some things have come out about specifically people struggling with obesity. Um, and it has highlighted a deep confusion and cluster of, um, opinions and judgments from the fitness professional world. Um, and this applies to general population too, but specifically people struggling with their weight. I had to yell at him. Sorry. (laughs) Um, this shit is confusing and there are 10 million different people who are telling you 10 million different things. So if you feel like you have to do more or you have to give up carrots or you have to make these extreme choices to finally hit your goals and finally make it happen. I totally understand. Like I see you, I've been there. I've been drowning in the confusion of like, well, this person said this, and then this person said this, but then this worked for someone else. And then I saw this on this and, and I've tried this and this worked for a bit and and like trying to navigate through all of this on top of people saying like your, you know, your choices, or even thinking about this is wrong, or how dare you do this, or you are the problem. Like there's so much stigma and shame and judgment around it. Um, that it's just hard. Like, I, I'm just trying to like validate people. (laughs) I see you. I understand where all of your feelings are coming from. I understand why you have these like confusion, um, and confusing conflicting thoughts about things. And I just want to give you a hug through the internet (laughs) and let you know that, um, you're capable of seeing what you want to see. You're capable of, of achieving the progress that you want to achieve. You absolutely have it in you to do so. You need to find someone who can empower you and find what you need and kind of tune out everything else, everyone else, and um, kind of put the blinders on because it's it's a lot.
0: And I think that goes back to the point that we made at the beginning of this of like, there's such a massive disconnect and it's so disheartening um, that we don't have the education uh, we're not taught these things in school to the degree that we should be. Um, you know, I, I know some people that have actually gotten worse from some of the education. Have have struggled more because of the education that we're taught in schools. And, and Chase and I were actually just having this conversation um, on a walk the other day about um, about that disconnect and and how even from parents who who have no ill will towards any of us that teach us these things or or say that these things that that hold with us for so long and we have all been there all three of us i guarantee you who have all gone and done something that we look back now and like what the hell i know at one point i thought i was like eggs are healthy i was eating 12 eggs a day i had no idea what the hell i was doing i was buying so many eggs because i was like that's i know they're healthy that's that's I need to be eating healthy food. So eggs. That's that's it. It's easy. It's cheap. I'm poor, and I need to be healthy. So we've all been there. I hundred percent agree with that point.
2: Yep.
1: Well said. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap this one up. We're coming up close to an hour. So thank you guys for another episode of the Coaches Roundtable, and we will catch you guys on the next one.
0: We'll see you, or our AI versions of ourselves. We'll see you on the next episode. We'll see. Ugh, bye, guys. <laughs> As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast. If you enjoy the show and find Elvo, I'd it helpful, I love if you would share it on your story so I can thank you for listening and leave a five star rating review to help the podcast grow and allow me to impact more lives. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions or anything and anyone that you want to see on the show. Thanks again for listening to the Unfuck Your Health podcast.